Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Happy to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah, everyone have a good week so far? Man, I hope you came here expectant this morning. I got a lot to cover and not a lot of time. Uh, so we're going to dive into the word right away. It's going to turn to Acts 1. If you guys want to turn to Acts 1. This is the third week of our, our Supernatural series. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. We've been uh, having these times in the mornings. Uh, and then every Sunday night from 4 to 6, we've been going through our trainings. Uh, we've covered uh, the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, uh, gift of tongues, <laughs> interpretation of tongues. And today we're going to cover healing, miracles, and faith. I hope you're ready for this one. This one's going to be powerful. So Acts 1, 7 through 8. This is what it says. It is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Everyone say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I'm going to read another one real quick out of Mark 16, starting in verse 15. It says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will never harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word that you have for us. God, I thank you uh, for an outbreak of healing here this morning. That all those who need healings, all those who, who need a breakthrough, all those who need a miracle in our life, that well, they'll receive it this morning, God, as we preach you as, as our healer. As the one who can heal, I thank you that you show up as that this morning. God, I thank you for every single person that came here this morning. It's not an accident that they're there, that they're right here. I ask that you'd open up every heart, every single mind to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I got the power. I got the power. About a month ago, in a prayer meeting here, the Lord gave me a vision. In this vision, we were standing on the foundation of this church. So you can imagine this church, if the building piece of it was gone, but just the foundation. It was just me and Jesus. And he said, begin to break up the foundation. Begin to, like, smash up the foundation. And obviously this is a vision, it's not real life, but I started to smash it up with my hands. And as I began to smash up the foundation of this church, life and all that was green started coming up through it. There was grass, there were trees, there were plants. It was just shooting up through the foundation of this church. In 1906, a man by the name of William Seymour, he was a black man who experienced severe racism. His parents were were ex-slaves, they were former slaves. He was someone who ushered in one of the greatest revivals that ever took place in America. And this happened in L.A. It was called the Azusa Street Revival. This revival was well known by its healings, by its signs, and by its wonders. Obviously, people got saved, but it was well known by its outrageous miracles. Outrageous things were happening in this place. Out of this revival came a woman by the name of Amy Semple McPherson. Amy was the woman who started the Foursquare denomination. She is the reason you're standing here right now. She's the reason you're sitting in these chairs right now because a woman got a hold of revival and said, this must be taken to the world. This must go to the ends of the earth. And today, that's exactly what happened. 
lately, the Lord has been speaking to me so much about, about women in the church. About women in the church. And this is what he said to me. He said, if women are not valued in the church, they do one of two things. They either shut up or they rise up. They either shut up or they rise up. And this isn't just in the church. This is anywhere. If they don't feel valued, they either sit back and be quiet or they step up and try and make their voice be heard. And they're often labeled one of two things. They're either called a Jezebel. They're called unsubmissive. They're called trying to take control. The Lord's been speaking to me so much about this because I, I have a very strong wife who is, who is living out the purpose that God has for her. And he says, if you'll value her, she'll go further than you've ever been. And this coming revival that we are on the brink of right now, it's not just for men to carry. It's for women to come, come alongside that we get to move forward in agreement. He began to speak to me about if women don't come into agreement with men and we're trying to both do different things, we won't see the fullness of this revival. If you're a woman or a young woman, I just want you to stand up right now. Just stand up right where you're at. I want you to know right now, just, just look at me real quick. I want you to know that you're valued here in this house. I want you to know that your voice matters. I want you to know that not fulfilling your purpose is not optional here. It's not optional here. We need you. We need you. We need you. And I want to apologize for if you've ever felt like a man pushed you down and said, you don't matter here. You do. You fully do. And if you're a guy, if you just want to extend your hands towards these women, I just want to speak a blessing over you. God, I thank you for the women of this house. And I just say that they are valued. They are valued. They are valued. I thank you that every single one of them is going to fulfill their purpose upon this earth. I thank you that the men of this church champion them. I thank you that they are blessed in the city and blessed in the country. They're blessed when they go in and blessed when they come out. That their storehouses are blessed. That their, their husbands, their children are blessed because of them. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. They are moving upward and never downward. God, we thank you for the women of this house. And we bless them in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This series, Supernatural, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And we've been talking out of 1 Corinthians 12. And we've been going through these different gifts. These aren't the only gifts, but in 1 Corinthians 12, these are the only ones that are mentioned. In Romans 12, we have a few more. It says gifts of serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, and mercy. And I would argue there's potentially more, uh, but these are the ones that are listed. So if you say, hey, I've been looking in, this, in 1 Corinthians 12, and I don't really see mine. I don't really see like, who I am represented there real well. It's like, well, look at Romans 12. There's some others. You can look around a little bit more. So the three gifts today are healing, miracles, and faith. And I'm going to run through just a quick definition of each one, and we're going to talk about them. Gifts of healing. These are supernatural acts of physical and or emotional healing, transcending, though not negating, human abilities or actions. I love how it says physical or emotional healing, Right? So it's not just, not just one. So we see this th- throughout, throughout the word where, where people came to Jesus carrying a sickness, carrying a disease, and we see them healed, right? We see it go away. 
So this is healing. This is healing. That's the, that's the piece of healing. The next one is miracles. These are supernatural powers to intervene and counteract earthly and evil forces. This is literally a display of power that extends beyond yet manifests within the natural realm. I think when I say the word miracle, everyone has like their own interpretation of this. Some, some think, hey, this is Jesus walking on water. This is Jesus multiplying food. And those are, those are miracles. That's, that's, that's kind of the thought process of it. But it's also at the same time, think about this. If you're a single mom and you're at home and you can't pay rent that month and uh, so, someone just gives you the exact amount that you need, is that a miracle for you? That's a miracle because it was outside your comprehension. It was outside your ability to even do this. A miracle just broke into your life. So we have the extreme side of it, but we also have the practical side of it as well. That you could literally be someone's miracle. I could literally do that for someone. So we have miracles. The next one is faith. Faith is the spontaneously granted supernatural capacity to believe God without doubt and to meet adverse circumstances with trust in God's messages and words. Faith is the reality of things hoped for, the confidence of things unseen. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. The reality of things hoped for. Each one of us lives in our own reality. Would you say that? Some people are a little more out there than others. But e- each one of us has our own reality. Our job is literally to have God's reality become our reality. His reality must become our reality. That faith is the reality of what's hoped for, meaning... What I hope for, even though I don't see it yet, it's my reality. I live in it. I breathe it. Hey, I need a healing. I hope for it. I actually have faith. My faith is the reality that I've already received what I hope for. Faith is, it's incredible. It's a substance. It's something you actually feel. It's not that you just say, okay, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. That every single believer in this room, there's the hope of eternal salvation. Your faith in Jesus Christ is your reality saying, oh no, I already have it. I already have it. You haven't received it yet, but no, but I already have it. I already have it. That's what faith, faith is. That's what faith does. So our question today, does God still heal today? I hear a lot of yeses. This is going to be easy. Does God still heal today? In Exodus 15, we have this story of Moses. Moses had just led the Israelites out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, and now they're three days in the desert. They come to this body of water. They try and drink from it, but it's bitter. It's bitter, and they can't drink. They try, but it's like, oh my gosh, God, what are we doing? Did you bring us out here to die? Moses begins to, to call on God, begins to pray with his relationship with the Lord. And the Lord's, Lord points to a tree. And he says, take that tree, throw it in that water, and the waters will be made clean so that you can drink. In this story, as it unfolds, God reveals an aspect of his nature to us. He says, if you obey all, all my commands, and he goes on and on and on. He says, for I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. There's a term for this. It's called Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. That's what they would call him. That that, that means the Lord who heals. Jehovah Rapha. In Hebrews 13.8, there's a verse that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same yesterday, today, 
and forever. Meaning the nature of God has not changed. Who he was back then in Egypt and out of Egypt, who he was in the desert, he is the same today. And he's going to be the same tomorrow. He is the same God. Amen? Amen. Come on. In Mark 16, at the end of this, this, this verse, this commissioning that Jesus gives, he says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Has anyone laid hands on the sick and they didn't get well? Have you ever prayed for someone that didn't get well? Hundreds, thousands maybe. I've prayed for tons that didn't get healed. So you have to take hold of this. I'm a believer. Jesus says about me, when I lay hands on the sick, they will get well. What is it saying when I lay hands on the sick and they don't get well? Did God's nature change? Did who he was change? No. So we have to go back. In Jeremiah 1.12, this is what it says. It says God watches over his word to complete it. He watches over his word to complete it, meaning he knows what he said in here. He knows this book better than we do. He wrote it. So he watches over his word to complete it, meaning God is not a liar. He's going to watch over his word to make sure it comes to pass, to make sure it comes, to, comes true. In Psalm 138, he says, I hold this word above my name. Meaning he's more concerned about the truth of this that not one letter of this would fall to the ground void. He's saying this is above my name. I will make this come to pass. You will see this. There are two specific portions of scripture. And how many of you know that if you have a false theology, you can actually use the Bible to prove something that's false? So let me show you. There's a portion of scripture that this woman with an issue of blood comes to Jesus. And she says, I tried all the doctors. I tried everyone else, but I'm going to come to Jesus because I know Jesus can heal me. She goes to Jesus, grabs his robe. Power goes out from Jesus. This woman's healed instantly. In this interaction with her and Jesus, Jesus goes on to say, woman, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. In Matthew 10, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. He tells them, as you go, tell people the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with skin diseases, and drive out demons. Who did he say, go heal the sick? He said, me. He said, his, his 12 disciples. So let me ask you something. If Richie has, has, he doesn't have a disease, but I'm just saying, if he did, if I prayed for Richie and he didn't get healed, is it his lack of faith or is it my lack of faith? That's an interesting question, right? Because, so look at this. I could actually use the Bible to say, oh, see the woman with issue of blood? She had faith. Oh, Richie must not have faith. I prayed. I believe. Richie must not have faith. It's very easy when you're praying over the sick and they don't get healed for me to blame the sick person. It's very easy to do that because I look back and say, oh, well, this is what it must mean. But on the other side of it, I can also look at the other side and say, maybe I don't have faith. What, what, what is it? But actually, at the end of the day, I've been given the gift of healing, but he's the healer. Amen? So I've been given a gift that I can use, but it is funded, it is fueled, it is empowered by the healer. 
so every single time I pray over a sick person and they don't get healed, my job as a believer is to go back to the healer and ask why. It's not to blame him. It's not to blame me. It's to go to the healer and say, why didn't this happen? I know you're a healer. I know the nature of who you are because your word tells me. Because your word tells me. How many people that came to Jesus for healing got healed? A lot of hands. So I would say 100% of the people that came to Jesus believing who he was got healed. Right? So we, have the, we do have a portion of scripture that speaks to when he went to his own, own hometown, they just didn't believe who he was. So it said he healed very few sick people. But why? Because they didn't even believe him. But I would argue 100% of people coming to the healer for healing, knowing that he could heal them, got healed. So understand this. As a believer, my life must look like his life. I'm not okay with a 50% healing rate. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay. Even 99.9, even that 0.1, it's not fully representing him for who he is. It's cheapening who he really is. Every single healing, the point of it is to bring glory to God. Every single healing, every single miracle, it's not to bring glory to me, it's to bring glory to God. I love how he says this in Mark 16. He says, and these signs, what does a sign do? A sign shows you something. It points you somewhere. It says, conquer this way. It says this way. Every healing points to the healer. It doesn't point to me. I operated in the gift maybe, but it should point to the healer. And every time we have to go back. Isaiah 53. We're going to turn here real quick. Isaiah 53. This is what it says, starting in verse 4. It says, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. And we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. How are we healed? By his wounds. My wife and I went through a season of my life where we heard testimonies of a lot of healings taking place. But every time we prayed over people, they didn't get healed. They, they just weren't getting healed. We were praying, but they weren't getting healed. We went through this season of contending. And this is how I, I would phrase this. I, I, I absolutely love this. I, I, I'm not the original owner of this one, so you don't have to quote me on this. But the gifts of the Spirit are like, like Easter eggs. Okay, so they're like Easter eggs. When you guys have little kids, do you give them a basket, a full basket full of Easter eggs? You don't. You actually give them an empty basket and you go hide the eggs. You go hide them like in the lawn, in the house. You, you hide them. But where do you hide eggs for a three-year-old? You like throw them in the grass. You're like, oh, here you go. Oh, here you go. You don't, you don't put much thought into it. You're just like, hey, this one's here. This one's here. This one's here. But there is a responsibility on the part of that child. That child has to take the basket and then go run around and find eggs, find eggs, find eggs. They have to do this. Otherwise, they're going to sit there with an empty basket. As believers, it is our responsibility and our job to contend and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. He gives freely. 
Just like you weren't really hiding these eggs from your kids. It's just like, just go look. Just go, it's right there. Just go look. This is how God does things with us. It's actually, will you contend for this? Will you fight for this? Is this something you really want? Is this something you really want to operate in? I believe when you, when you begin to step out and say, I want to move in the gift of healing. I want to move in miracles. You're always led to someone. These are signs for us as well. You begin to understand how the hand of God moves, which is never too far from his face. Right? So people came to God. There's, there's a phrase that says, don't seek the healing, seek the healer. That's okay. But many people came to Jesus for healing and found the healer. Right? So there's two sides. I, I fully believe we should seek the healer, but sometimes God uses healing to lead people to the healer, <laughs> to, to reveal his goodness. What does it say? His goodness leads to repentance or his kindness leads to repentance? That actually these gifts are used in that way. Like I said, my wife and I went through this season of contending, contending, contending to see healing take place. A friend of mine had gone on a missions trip. He went to Haiti, and when he came back, he found out that he was severely, severely sick. He got bitten by a mosquito and contracted this disease. It's called dengue fever. He was in the hospital for four days and lost over 20 pounds. He couldn't drink anything, couldn't eat anything. It was just, he was just wasting away. People from all over, pastors, leaders, ministers, began to pray for this man. They began to pray and pray and pray. And so I was at home. And I began to pray. I said, God, I pray pray that you just walk into his room. I pray that you heal him right now. And God, at home, in the quiet, he said, you go do it. I was like, oh. I was like, God, I don't have a great track record with this. I was like, I don't know how much help I'm going to be. He said, no, no, you go do it. I said, okay. So I called Kalen. I said, hey, tonight we need to go to the hospital. It's down in Nashville. We got to go and see this guy. And we're like, okay, like, let's go. That night, we drove down to Nashville and saw him in the hospital. We walked in, and he was the only one in, he was the only one in there. His family had just gone off to dinner. We kind of hit this period of time where nobody was there. It was just him and us. And he asked, hey, guys, it's great to see you. Obviously, like, sick, in a sick way. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So he, he, was, he was like, hey, I'm, what are you guys doing here? I said, I was like, uh, I, I believe God told us to come heal you. He was like, Oh, okay. And I began to tell him the story. I said, hey, I was at home this morning and I was just praying. I was praying for you. I was praying for your healing and God told me to come here and to release healing over you. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And so we just put on some worship music. We're in the hospital. We just began to pray and pray and pray. He just begins to weep. He begins to weep. And he said, he's like, you know, guys, a lot of people have visited me, but this is the first time I felt the presence of God in the last four days. Listen, understand something. I was a nobody. There were pastors. There were ministry people. There were all kinds of people going to visit him. But there was something about when I walked in the room and began to pray, the presence of God fell in the room. I don't know why. It wasn't wasn't special. God just said go, and I just said yes. And God showed up. The healer walked in the room. We left that night. Nothing, Nothing visibly changed. But as, as it goes on, he sent, me, he sent me a message later on. He said, hey, that night, I started to eat. He said, the next day, I started to walk around the hospital room, and all my strength began to come back. And the following day, I was released from the hospital, completely cleared. The fever had gone. Amen? The fever had left. 
the healer walked in his hospital room. The healer did. And God used me to do it. Just like he wants to use us to do the same thing. I'm going to do one more testimony, and then we're going to pray over anyone who needs healing. And we expect it. I was at a local church here. A friend of mine was getting baptized. I went for the baptism, and as, as I uh, turned to leave the building, as I was walking out, there were these two people. That, and they looked like a couple. I didn't, I didn't really know their situation, but they were sitting side by side, and they were both in wheelchairs. They were both in wheelchairs. So I walked up to them after my hospital healing and was like, yeah, let's go. So I said, hey, do you guys want prayer? And the man says, yes, like pray for me. Please pray for me. So I pray for him. And I said, okay, but you have to try. You have to, you have to try something else. I prayed. It's a simple prayer. Hey, God, heal his legs. I said, okay, but you got to try and get up. He gets up and walks a little bit and then sits down. And it was one of those confusing healings where you're kind of like, all right, I don't know if he really did. Like, I don't know. I think he just kind of got up. Like, I wasn't quite sure about it. So I was like, okay. And then this woman sitting next to him, I said, hey, can I pray for you? And she said, no. No, you can't pray for me. I was like, okay. I was like, all right, just keep walking. Six months later, I was at Market Days in, in Concord, just walking downtown. We were with a group of young people and we were praying over the sick. We were praying for healing. We were evangelizing. And I saw this, this, this like couple walking and it was this man pushing this woman in a wheelchair. And they got closer and closer and closer. And they walked past. I said, I know you. I was like, how do I know you? He said, six months ago, you prayed over me. From that day forward, I've been out of my wheelchair. He's like, I got healed that day. Are you kidding me? And this is what he did. This is what he did. He said, hey, we're getting married soon. Do you, do you want to come to our wedding? I was like, what? I met you for two minutes, like six months ago. And he says, do you want to come to my wedding? When we talk about the gifts of the spirit, we talk about restoring towns, communities, and cities, and restoring relationships. This man felt such a bond with me, but it was really with him that said, oh my gosh, he has to be at my wedding. You know, a wedding is like the most important time in your life. You only invite people you love and care about. That means so much to you. And me, a person he met for two minutes, six months ago, he said, you need to be there. Why? It's like, well, God touched him in such a way that he said, yes, I, yes, you need to invite him. Yeah. Bring Jesus to my wedding. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. That's what the gifts of the spirit do. They heal. Not just, not just sicknesses and diseases, but they heal relationships. They heal cities. They heal towns. If the worship team wants to come back up, we're going to pray. If you have uh, a sickness, if you have an illness, if you have a disease, if you need healing in your body, I just want you to stand right now. It could be anything. It could be anything. We're going to stand right now. Isaiah 53 says this. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. And we are healed by his wounds. On the cross, Jesus paid for your sickness. He paid for your healing. He didn't die so you could walk on and continue under the curse of sin and death. Actually, he gave you a brand new life a brand new life, which doesn't include these things. He took them for you. He says, I bore your pain. I took your sickness. 
It's our job as believers to step into that. And I believe many of you this morning are going to encounter the healer like you've never done before. This is how we're going to do this. The worship team is going to begin to play. If you're around one of these people, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go up to them and just ask in one, one word or a short phrase, hey, what can I pray for you for? What is it that you need? What do you, what do you feel like you're calling on God for? Just in one word or so. And just describe it. Say, hey, if it's, if it's MS, if it's cancer, if it's uh, depression, whatever it is, say, hey, that's it. That's what you can pray for. Then I also want you to ask this. If they're in pain because of the sickness, if they're in pain because of the, the, the injury or whatever it is, ask them on a scale of 1 to 10 the level of pain. It says in his word that he took our pain. So we can actually begin to pray this way. Pain, I command you to go. You have to go. In the name of Jesus, this is what he paid for. This morning, we're going to see people healed. So if you're sitting down, I want you to go find someone. And if you're, if you're a guy, if you can go just find a guy. If you're, if you're a woman, please go try and find a woman. And just ask those questions. What is it I can pray for you for? If there's pain, command it to go. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray. And after you pray, test it out. See if you can see something tangibly different, and we're going to testify. So thank you, Jesus. We just loose the kingdom of heaven here in this place right now. We thank you that the healer is here. The healer is here. The healer is here. Thank you, Jesus, for the, the, the price you paid on the cross for every single one of us. We just release healing over every single person in this house right now, dear Jesus, that they will feel a tangible difference in their body. There is a shift taking place right here, right now. That all pain, we command you to go. Command you to go. Command you to go. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Jesus. If you've just been prayed over and feel a tangible difference, feel like, hey, I, I got healed today, I just want you to come up right over here. If you feel like, hey, I, I just got healed, um, you can come up right over here. Just stand right here. Just make a line if you can. If you feel like you got healed and test it out, see, see a, a, a tangible difference. So this is what I want you guys to do. Just say what it is you were dealing with and what do you feel like just happened? Dealing with fear and anxiety. I just don't feel afraid no more. So fear and anxiety just left right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, if you're dealing with that, we just bind it in your own life as well and we tell it to leave. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Praise God. That's awesome. I have, uh, I had degenerative arthritis in my back and I just received healing and I said, as Jacob did, I will not let go until you bless me. Come on. So it's completely gone. Arthritis completely gone. Wow. Praise God. Having shingles. I want to get rid of the shingles and I feel better already. So you feel like there's already a tangible difference. So shingles is like leaving. Yeah. The pain's gone. Come on. Praise God. Come on up. I had a toothache. And? And it's all gone. And it's all gone. So all pain in your teeth is completely gone right now. Is there anyone else that feels like, hey, I want to testify? I have something. Come on. This is just what Pastor Mark did at the beginning. You guys can come just stand right over here. So this didn't happen today, but uh, I'm a fairly new Christian, only about five or six years, and my wife talked me into coming up to see uh, Phil and Kayla a few weeks back. I had eczema so bad in my hands over the last several years that in, during the wintertime they crack so deeply that I can't grip or hold anything and and uh, you know I really saw it like a last resort and uh, Phil and Kaylin they prayed over my hands and gradually over the course of the last three or four weeks I have zero cracks on my hands. They're healing and, and they even look good finally. Praise God. Praise God. No more eczema. Hi, this week I um, fell down and my foot was all racked and I couldn't walk very well and can't exercise. And um, the Lord just prayed for me and I felt the Holy Spirit through my whole body, Lord. And I could, um, I can actually, like, it was painful, even the bottom of my foot and my ankle and everything. And now I really do noticeably notice a difference. So thank you, God. Wow. Praise God. Come on. That's so good. That's so good. If you guys just want to stand to your feet right now, we're going to sing this one last song. And if you got healed, you definitely have something to praise about, have something to lift up a shout about. But we all do. Because if you, if you can praise for someone else's healing, you can believe for yours as well. When you can celebrate and celebrate and celebrate. So Pastor Richie's going to lead us into this next song. I pray that you just worship with all you have. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 